Today on the Dad the Best I Can show. And what I'm doing now with like crazy science experiments, which are still kind of simple to do, but still so mind-blowing for adults to see. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's what I want. All the activities that I do, I, I make sure they are fun, not just for kids. They're fun for uh, parents involved in activity too. Because, you know, if a dad or mom are excited about doing experiments, something they expected, something uh, surprising there. And kids, they, they can feel this excitement and they get excited too. Hey now, welcome to the Dad the Best I Can show. My name is Rob Roseman. Who wants to be a millionaire legend, Chicago futures trader, Vegas poker pro? Now I'm a dad to three kids, ages seven, five, and one. Phew. Where's Meow just thinking about it? Each week we're bringing on high-performing dads like you, entrepreneurs like Jesse Itzler, CEOs like David Cancel from Drift.com, athletes like Ken Rideout, best-selling children's authors like Zach Bush, to tell us your stories your dad tips and tricks to help all of us make it through dad life. We have a brand new website over at dadthebestican.com. Go on over to dadthebestican.com and sign up with your email. It's 100% free, of course. And be the first to hear brand new dad guests and get weekly two-minute dad tips in your inbox. How else are you going to keep up with the roller coaster that is dad life? So stop what you're doing unless you're driving, take five seconds, go over to dadthebestican.com and sign up now. Today we have a really exciting guest for you, Sergey Urban from the Dad Lab. The Dad Lab is huge today with over 3 million followers, but today we're going to hear Sergey talk about stuff you don't see in his science videos, like the benefits and challenges of raising bilingual kids, how Sergey's family deals with screen time in their house, and how Sergey's wife helped inspire the Dad Lab, and how they went from zero fans to over three million followers. All right, real quick before we get to the interview with Sergey, the Dad Lab, we do have a special guest here to talk about his favorite Dad Lab experiment. Here is my son, Cameron. Cameron, tell everybody how old you are. Seven years old. So, Cameron and my other son, Brooks. How old's Brooks? Five years old. Cameron, what was your favorite dad lab experiment that we did together? The dinosaur egg challenge. How, how did we do the dinosaur eggs? So we have a balloon and we put a toy inside it and we put water inside it and then we um, gnawed it and then we put it in the freezer for one day and then after one day we, we take the balloon out and take the and take the balloon off and then it turns into ice and we and we throw it on the ground and then our toy comes out yeah that was a lot of fun how many how many dinosaur egg balloons do you think we did about nine nine all right here's our interview with the dad lab sergey urban all right, welcome to the Dad the Best I Can show. Today we are lucky to be joined by Sergey Urban. You may not know Sergey by name, but he is the man behind the Dad Lab, an online sensation with more than 3 million fans. Sergey makes weekly videos of fun and easy science experiments parents can do with their kids. 
The Dad Lab is everywhere on YouTube, Instagram. He's even got a brand new book that my boys are loving at our house. Hey, Sergey, how's it going? Hey, hey, thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for being here. Where are you calling in from today? Uh, I'm based in London, but I have this accent, and uh, usually people say, okay, it's not, it doesn't sound like British accent. <laughs> it, it's not the, the reason because I actually moved to London like 11 years ago from Latvia, and the first language in our family is actually Russian. Oh, all right. Yeah, I wasn't sure if uh, it was Russian or is Latvian a language, or do they speak Russian there? Yeah, yeah, there is Latvian language too, and I used to speak uh, Latvian and Russian. Uh, now I speak Latvian, Russian, and English. So, Sergey, obviously you are a dad. How old are your kids? Uh, my kids are actually five and seven, uh, but the curious fact about them is that they actually born the same day, two years apart. Yeah, I love that fact. I heard that, and it actually reminded me of, uh, have you ever heard of the, the birthday problem, the, that math riddle before? Not really, no. What yeah, I'll tell you, since I can uh, try and stump you on a uh, trivia question for once. Uh, so the birthday problem is, let's say you take a classroom full of kids, and it's what are the odds that two of the kids will have the same birthday? So you'd think it'd be pretty low, right? There's 365 days in a year, say like 20 kids in a class. But if you yeah. do the math, which I won't get into because I'm not smart enough to explain the probability, but if you have 23 kids in a class, there's a 50% chance that two of them will have the same exact birthday. And uh, if you have 40 amazing, kids in a yeah. class, there's a 90% chance that two of them will have the same birthday. I, I, I love that one. I thought it was uh, really cool. And when you told me, when I found out your kids have the same birthday, a different problem, you probably planned it a little better. But uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy to see the, uh, the, uh, the math behind it. Yeah, because, you know, uh, originally when we, uh, we faced this uh, situation, we were thinking, okay, we're going to save on birthday parties. But the thing is, again, uh, when one kid brings all his friends and another one brings all the friends, like classmates, you can't do the party for like 60 kids. So <laughs> we're still kind of doing uh, last party that we did was just over weekend. So one day when one party and next day was the other one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you've got like the biggest party in town, I'm sure. But they, they probably look forward to it. Yeah, my boys are seven and five as well. I have a one-year-old daughter also. But I did want to ask you, I don't know if uh, your boys can get a little competitive with each other. My, We've had a lot of no fair going on in our house lately. Actually, my seven and five-year-old, they just had their birthdays. And my five-year-old, he couldn't stand the thought of waiting two weeks for his birthday. He's two weeks after. So he decided he wanted to get his presents on his big brother's birthday, which I fought for a minute and then I just said whatever pick your battles and I said fine do your boys uh fight with each other much are they competitive and uh do you have any tips tips for them uh yeah the thing is so my youngest one he's one who actually want to manage people I guess and the reason being because he's the youngest one no matter what how many years are gonna pass he's still gonna be the youngest one so he has to kind of fight a lot to actually uh make sure his voice is heard so he's doing like everything to make sure that we notice him. <laughs> and yeah, he's quite competitive and just, just for this reason, because he's too young. Uh, and yeah, my, my kids, like all the others, they kind of do have the good days and bad days. 
but what I usually tell them, okay, if you have any kind of uh, problem, just talk to each other and uh, just negotiate. And it's something that, uh, again, it took a while for them to figure out how it works, but now I can actually hear them negotiating. Uh, it, it, it makes wonders. Yeah, we're so quick to get involved. I used to always try to put out the fire, but right when I do sit back quietly and I mean, I say you figure it out and it's kind of uh, rewarding when you, when you do step aside and realize if you give them a little time, they, they can figure it out a lot of the time, right? I mean, the only thing is sometimes it could get too hot in the room, but if you give them a tool, a tool that they can use and you can see, uh, you can see that actually they do use this tool they will definitely figure it out. Yes, we're gonna have to keep practicing it. It's like uh, two steps forward, one step, back, one step back in here. But that five-year-old, when you're the younger brother, you gotta, I, I have to remind myself that in his world, you know, big brother does know more, you know, gets to play sports, do all these things that maybe he doesn't. So I guess I have to put myself in his shoes and uh, empathize with him a little. Yeah, that's true, it's what I do, yeah. So you live in London. You said you're originally from Latvia and your kids are bilingual. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we moved from Latvia and me, me and my wife were both from Latvia and our first language is Russian. So when kids came along, we decided to, OK, we're going to teach them how to speak Russian. And for a while, uh, for till the moment they were actually at home, we'll just speak only Russian. No English was actually in the family. Okay, we went to different kind of classes here and there, maybe swimming, and so so the kids did hear some English, but the language in family was just just Russian. But on, on, when they started school, this, they get it, they started getting um, exposed to English, and now it's 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 kind of it's difficult to actually fight the English because the thing is like everything fun. Uh, all their friends that speak on the English and the English is just step by step, step starting to overtake all the Russian bits and pieces. Uh, so yeah, to raise bilingual kids, it's always a fight. It's always a balance to, of two languages and how to you make sure that you don't expose them to one language too much so they just kind of completely switch to another one. Uh, but so far, it's worked quite well for us because, again, me and my wife, we both speak Russian, so we could establish a home, a safe place for Russian language. And when we go outside, it's just English. So it worked quite well. But I do know some mixed families where only one parent speaks uh, language. And it's definitely much more difficult for kids and for parents to keep the exchange language in the vocabulary. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's they're they're such sponges that I've heard that it's just much easier for them to learn all this when they are young. But I can't imagine what an advantage it is. And right, there are probably a lot of parents that are would like to keep their language at home and teach their kids English too. So it's good to hear that it's uh, possible and that it's important to uh, preserve your language in your house. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not only about knowing; it's about practicing. Like for example, again. I haven't been in Latvia for, uh, I mean, we moved from Latvia 11 years ago. So I didn't, so I'm at home and speak only Russian. So I didn't have a chance to practice my Latvian. So bit by bit, I started, started forgetting it. So what I'm saying is, even if your kid speaks extra language, he has to have the chance to practice it. I mean, we do, do have some friends who speak Russian and uh, some friends who, some kids who my kids speak to in Russian. And it's amazing. So this is kind of 
creating this environment in both languages is quite important to keep language going. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So I'm, I'm sure I want to talk about the dad lab here in a minute, but I'm sure everybody thinks you're a super dad and well, Sergey can do this, but I don't have the uh, time or energy to uh, make videos and do all these things with my kids. Do you consider yourself a super dad or do you have your lazy dad moments like the rest of us when, when you just need a break? No, the thing is, uh, I do have this appearance of a super dad, but the fact is I'm kind of a lazy one. I'm, I prefer, I mean, the thing is my oldest one actually was the one who pushed me into this. So uh, he always kind of encouraged me, even since he was younger, he always just would ask me, okay, dad, can we just, uh, let's play with letters, let's do some math and stuff. So he was asking for kind of information for knowledge and I was just kind of there to give it to them, to him. Uh, and it's always the same thing. I mean, even on a daily basis, all the activities that I do are usually just my kids coming to home and saying, okay, let's do some experiments. And I had to come up with ideas to do something. So it's, it's, it's not me, it's them. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, the, the more activities and the more science projects I do with them, the more I learn uh, on top of what they do, do learn, I do too. I, it's just crazy and it's been an amazing journey because where I started again, just teaching some kind of sounds, some phonics, and what I'm doing now with like crazy science experiments, which are still kind of simple to do, but still so mind-blowing for adults to see. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's what I want. All the activities that I do, I, I make sure they are fun, not just for kids. They're fun for uh, parents involved in activity too. Because, you know, if a dad or mom are excited about doing experiments, something they expect something uh, surprising there, and kids, they, they can feel this excitement and they get excited too. So at the end of the day, all the activities that I do with the, at that lab are not about learning you know, new terms in science. It's about bonding, spending quality time and you know, creating memories. Yeah, it's great. And it is true. Your kids, they teach you so much. So it, it, it's exciting that uh, it can go both ways. I'm always like amazed at how much my kids know at such an early age and the questions they ask, I have to go Google or look up or ask your mom, right? It's like, where does wind come from? I'm like, uh, give me uh, 20 minutes. I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think, okay, even so I, I do some activities sometimes. Uh, I don't feel like they do kind of benefit straight away. But then from, from time to time, they just kids come to me uh, with some creative project, project they done by themselves, you know, not getting any information or support from me. And I just getting amazed with how creative they became. So it's just, you know, we, we just have to pour all the knowledge we have into kids and they will surprise us. Yeah. So you, let's talk a little bit about the dad lab. Can you tell us, you, you told us a little now, but the story about how you kind of came up with this idea and uh, how you turned it into this incredible platform with millions of fans? Yeah, the thing is, so uh, originally I have, uh, I had to have the education uh, in economics and management. I have masters in that. Uh, and for a while I was working in import of ex and export. But then my company got dissolved, so I got to find myself, you know, out of job. And I started doing websites. Uh, again, so like completely different, uh, completely different uh, type of job. Uh, I didn't have any experience, but it, it actually quite well it went quite well 
Uh, and at some, some point, my wife said, okay, there is a big room on Instagram. You have to do something there. Again, it was my wife. And I said, okay. So we, ha well, we have been parents at the time already. So I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to uh, do the account. And it's going to be all about you know, helping parents. And the original idea was actually to share all the toys, all the toys that you would, the kids would play and learn at the same time. Not like some rubbish ones, but you know, just maybe some blogs. And, and I struggled the time to find good toys like that. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to try to find them and share with people. And it's how, how I started. Uh, and bit by bit, it, it, it evolved. I started posting all the activities that I do with my kids. And here we are, like three and a half years later, with over 3.5 million followers across all social media platforms. It, it just kind of came natural to me. I just love toys. Uh, I just love to come up with interesting activities. And I just love spending time with my kids. So the death lab is just kind of this merge of everything that I, I love to do. Oh, it's incredible. And I guess so. Yes, your wife was a uh, part of the impetus behind the idea. And I guess like all these things, you you I'm sure you didn't always have 3.5 million followers, you started small, you were just sharing these videos with uh, your friends, I guess, and it just slowly grew and got more fans yeah. and parents yeah. into it. Yeah, I started with zero, uh, zero followers at all, because I created so I have my personal account on Instagram. So I created this new one. And yeah, I started completely from zero, just again, inviting my wife, friends, family, and then it just grew. Yeah, that's amazing. Because there are a lot of people out there, you know, we're, we've got an online company, Kickstart Reading, and there's a lot of people that see, you know, businesses that are huge like yours, but don't realize that you have to also start from zero. I mean, what were the the best parts and some of the most challenging parts of, of growing the business. I know it was, you were doing something you loved and that your kids love. So that I'm sure makes it easier, but were there challenges, uh, you know, growing the Instagram and getting the word out? Oh um, yeah. I mean, the thing is, so yeah, the benefit was that I love what I do, but the, the thing is, uh, even so people will think, okay, I have like millions of followers. It means that I'm huge and everything. I'm still kind of the same dad. I'm still the same dad who started three years ago, okay, with maybe younger kids doing this stuff. I still kind of doing the same stuff, but I have more followers now. So I guess I just have more responsibility, but nothing more than that. Uh, and the thing is, I'm still kind of doing everything by myself. I'm doing, I'm come up, coming up with ideas, uh, filming them, editing them, posting them online across all platforms, answering comments and stuff. So I'm still kind of doing everything by myself which is like a lot of work just a lot of work so i'm, I'm actually thinking about actually to maybe to find somebody who can help me but again it takes extra time that i don't have so it's just it's i'm just in this circle and uh, with no way out <laughs> that's incredible yeah it's it's nice to hear that because yeah especially when you have kids and i'm sure yours are coming home from school soon it's like there's a lot to do behind these so there's a lot that a work that goes into it but yeah you make them the videos are all really sharp. We actually, we just got your book, uh, your brand new dad lab book. And I let my kids pick out an experiment. So of course they went straight for the eggs. And one of them was, uh, can you squeeze and break an egg, which was surprisingly hard. I, I was surprised too. And the other one we did was when you put the, put an egg on a plate on top of a cup of water and you smack the plate to see if the egg will fly like the plate does, or if it'll drop into the water and I got to tell you, we broke four eggs all over the floor. 
but but I've never seen them so excited and and you know really the best part is I felt like a good dad like I was a part of it and I got to tell you without your videos or even getting this book we wouldn't have done that and my kids are still talking about it they're coming home from school today like with their next did you buy the balloons so we could do the magnet one so it's really cool how something so simple and easy you know like by you putting it out there it really changes people's lives and gets us doing different things and things with our kids yeah it's it's what i want to kind of tell to people that to be a scientist you know, to do all these science experiments you don't have to be a scientist you don't need to have like special skills or special equipment or materials you can just do that uh, and it's always fun. It's all about discovery. And what I'm trying to do, I try to inspire kids to just do their own experiments. And my kids always mix unmixable stuff. And it's all about trying new things. So I'm glad to hear that uh, your kids uh, got this message and they are excited about science and about experiments. That's great. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. What uh, I'm sure your boys have many. Do you or your boys have a favorite simple experiment that that we dads can maybe do with our kids this weekend? I mean, the, the simplest, I mean, the thing is we have done like hundreds of experiments, so it's difficult <laughs> to choose just one. But again, the simplest one, uh, I have done it a while ago. Uh, it was, again, to prove how strong is an egg. And the thing is, so if you have a pack of eggs and you make sure you put them uh, properly uh, straight, so they are in a tray, uh, so I would say a dozen of them in a tray. You just have to make sure that they all upside up uh, and mm -hmm. just sitting straight there. Uh, so uh, it's better to have two packs of dozen eggs each. And then you can actually, being an owl, you can just staple them. And uh, the eggs are so strong because of the shape of, of the eggshell. Uh, they can actually, uh, you can send them and don't bring any. But the thing is, you know, if you're not experienced and you're a bit afraid, it's always good to give a try to make sure your kids try it first. Because, you know, they're right, <laughs> and you just put them on the end, they're, oh, okay, uh, eggs actually can resist your weight and stuff. So after they've done it, yeah, you can just try it yourself. And it's so much fun when you stand on the eggs. Uh, I try even staying stand on my on just one leg. So just on one leg, on a dozen eggs, all my weight of whatever, 80 kilos or something. Uh, and it was all fine with eggs. So yeah, and sometimes if you break a few, if you're not something, maybe something wrong with the egg or whatever, something, uh, it's still a lot of fun and a lot of discovery. Yeah, my kids were scared even to hold an egg. And now it's like, just watch. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to break some eggs along the way. So you're saying you're actually opening up the carton of eggs and standing on the eggs. So I, yeah. I saw that one. I got to admit, I was a little nervous to crack them, but. But now I think uh, we're going to the grocery today and, and getting a, a few dozen eggs to try this one out. So as I said, yeah, if you're not, not sure, just make sure your kids try it first. And then you can be <laughs> more brave after that. Yes, I'm just doing this to show off to my kids so I can uh, stand on eggs. I, I think I'm, I've already learned to juggle. This will be my next magic trick. <laughs> Sounds good. So let's talk a little bit about technology and our kids. You hear a lot of parents have mixed feelings about screen time, games, YouTube, social media. I'm torn by it every day for my kids and for myself too, because there are these awesome benefits like learning and connecting with other people like you, but there's also costs that go with it, right? Addiction, our attention gets shorter every year. 
How do you feel about technology with your kids? And is this a big reason why you started the Dad Lab? Uh, it wasn't originally the idea why I started the Dad Lab. Uh, but kind of people think that, uh, that it was because I, all the activities that we do are actually kind of offline. Uh, my position about all the uh, technology is that technology is great. I mean, I personally, I'm just gadget man. I just love all gadgets and I have like lots of them, you know, uh, filming stuff. And I just have a few cameras there and I have 360 uh, camera and just lots of gadgets. So I feel that uh, I, I think that technology is great and it's, uh, it, it's you know, we have to use it. But they have, uh, the, the thing is we have to use it like properly. We have to use it to, to think that it's a tool. It's a tool for us to uh, teach something ourselves, or just to be to get better. Let's say uh, iPads. I've never been against iPads, but it's a tool, and it's great to create some uh, animation. Let's say with your kids, it's a nice, interesting, interesting project, or uh, it could teach you how to code, and it's it's all great. The problem starts when uh, people can't really say when the learning kind of ends and the entertainment starts uh, and it's difficult to say i can't say that entertainment is bad but it has to be kind of limited i would say because again if you have a tv because we don't and kids have the opportunity to check uh, to choose between okay i'm gonna watch this cartoon or i just gonna do this craft uh the kid no question gotta go with cartoon and you think, okay, so there's something like wrong with my kid. It's not. I and mean, the thing is, we are the same. You know, where we are tired, we think, okay, do I read the book or do I just watch something on TV? So, and you're just going with whatever the film that's there, even so maybe it's only the most interesting one, but you're just going with the flow, you know, easy entertainment and it's fun. So at the moment, what I do, I just kind of uh, completely cut off my kids from technology. So they don't have access to uh ipads or uh youtube anything like that and again we don't have a tv uh but what i'm thinking that for now it was quite fun uh so again if they want to do something they just go and just do stuff they just found some pencils they start, start drawing or experimenting or just crafting something uh but again when they're going to be older it's going to be more difficult because you know uh in theory, they're going to be allowed, you know, all the peers going to have their mobile phones and stuff. So it's going to be di more difficult for me to keep them offline. Uh, so the, the thing that I, I think I have to do now is to kind of prepare them for this life when they're going to be online. So I have a few years left. Uh, so and, and it's all about basically self-control. Because, uh, you know, even if you install some apps, they're going to restrict access. Uh, it's going to be not very natural for them. So we have to uh, teach them how to control themselves. But it's quite difficult because even us adults, we don't know how to do that. But mm -hmm. it, it's it, it, the thing is, some parents think, okay, technology is bad. It's not. It's not, it's not bad. And we have to kind of think that uh, we have to remember that technology is here and it's not going anywhere. So we just have to find our own how to live with that and the best best way is to make sure we kind of use it in a proper way because the thing is again even even tv you know you can just watch uh you know how animals live in you know arctic or just uh, travel countries you never uh, would see otherwise 
you can get a lot of useful information from TV or YouTube or whatever. Uh, but when you just kind of more uh, less engage with the this ent entertainment and more just passively consuming it, it's where the problem starts. Yeah, I think you really nailed it. I mean, that's something that I struggle with. There are a lot of people I come across like you who I really admire that you haven't introduced this technology. I wish in a lot of ways we didn't have uh, the TV or we started with, but of course, like everything, it's harder to take something away than just to never introduce it. So for all of uh, us who have already introduced it and we do use screen time, it's how can we use it more mindfully, whether it's which shows we want to watch. Like I'll catch my kids watching some show where I'm like, this is junk. I'd rather you watch Wild Kratts and learn about animals and stuff. And that makes me feel better. So I don't think it has to be one or the other. And I think it is on us as parents to say, okay, we can't just hand this over as tempting as it is because parenting is very hard and tiring. And sometimes it's just easier to say here and we're all guilty of that sometimes, but if it's just asking them, okay, what are you watching or what game are you playing? And not, you know, not beating ourselves up over introducing technology to them, but just like trying to be involved because it's, it is easy to just kind of check out and it takes more work to do a egg experiment with your kids. So that's one thing is, is find better stuff for your kids to watch and participate in it. Like, you know, watch a watch a dad lab video with your kids so you are using a uh, screen time and they'll be excited about it but you'll also feel better about it so yeah i think that's the other thing we're learning too this is all brand new to us you know iphones didn't exist 10 years ago and now it's like uh the, the most rampant they're, they're in our pockets or everywhere so we're still figuring it out too so that's why i i like talking to other uh, other parents about how how they deal with it as well yeah and, and the thing is you, you, you talked that uh, it's more difficult to actually take these gadgets away. And it's actually what happened with my uh, first son. Because uh, at some point, I was thinking, okay, so we have an iPad. Why don't I give him some uh, educational apps? And it worked quite well. And actually, iPad was the one who taught my kids, my uh, older one, when he was, I don't know, one or something, uh, how to sort things. Because, you know, when you sort things in real life, you can, because there is no problem. But when you're trying to sort on iPad in an app, it wouldn't allow you to put like wrong colors in the wrong basket. So it's gonna kind of help him. But the thing is, so after a while, we noticed all the anger that he was getting when he was not getting the iPad. So we noticed that it was more or less like addiction, but it, it wasn't smoking or drinking or whatever, but it was just this iPad addiction. And, and we didn't, didn't want that for our kids. So. Yeah, we've done this difficult step by uh, taking the iPad away. And it's actually, again, because I guess of the age, it was quite simple because uh, when he woke up, he would, think, he would ask for iPad. And I would think, okay, it's actually uh, not that great for your eyes if you are playing iPad uh, in the morning. So you can ask anytime but morning. And then during the day, we would do different kind of stuff. We'd just go out, play some games. He would completely forget about it. And then he would wake up in the morning the next day and he'd come up to me saying, okay, where is my iPad? No iPad in the morning. And bit by bit, you know, in, in, in a few weeks, he completely forgot, forgot all about the iPad. But again, it's, it's not about not giving an iPad. It's about not having it. So basically, if your kid sees that you're doing all the, all, all, spending all the time in the iPad, he'll think, okay, this is a normal thing. It's what, you know, adults do. And I want to be an adult. I want to do the same kind of thing. So it's about this... Uh, creating this culture 
what these devices do for us, who controls what, and how we benefiting from them. So it's actually quite a difficult question, but I'm not saying that, uh, everyone has to just take all the iPads away. Everyone has to decide what they want to do with iPad, with technology within their family and what works for them and what not. Yeah, and I think it's a fluid thing. I think we're always changing, we're always learning, we're always slipping up and that we do have to just say, okay, we're using these too much. I mean, I've even learned if that phone is in my pocket, like I am going to want to check it so or check Instagram or something. So maybe it's like at uh, 6 p.m. that gets plugged in and put away. And all of a sudden, if it's not on you as a parent, you know, it's you miss it for a little bit. But all of a sudden you're playing more, more with your kids or listening to their stories more. You know, so right. We have to we have to learn for ourselves so we can teach our kids also. And that doesn't mean you know, completely abstaining from it, but it's just trying to be more mindful of it, which is something I think we all struggle with and are all trying to get better at. Yeah, that's true. So my sister, Lauren, and I were in the online education space too. We created kickstartreading.com where we make two-minute videos that teach kids how to read with their parents, kind of like your dad lab videos, stuff you can do with your kids. Is reading an important part of your day as a dad with your kids? And what kind of stuff do your kids like to read right now? Uh, yeah, the thing is, so even so, so I don't show my wife a lot on my, on my page. She actually does a lot of stuff and reading, it's one of actually her responsibilities. So she reads uh, a lot of books for kids. But the thing is you know, that we have this, um, again, every family finds their own way how to make sure the kids love the books. And what worked for us and the work for our first kid was uh, so basically every morning he would wake up like six in the morning, you know, before everyone else. And he would just play or be bored because he wouldn't have anything to do. So we said, okay, when you wake up early in the morning and you don't have anything to do, okay, here's, we're going to leave you a couple of books and you can just read them. And it's how it's all started. So every morning he would wake up before everyone else and start reading. And now he read like lots of books and he still kind of does that. So every morning he wakes up early and just reads the books. And it's amazing. And, and again, it's some kind of gifts that you wouldn't, I know it's one of the best gifts that you can give to your child because, you know, you can teach them math, but if you haven't uh, taught them how to read, uh, it's impossible to give them all the knowledge they would be able to get through just reading. Uh, yeah, and currently uh, my, my younger one, he is in the reception, which is, I don't know, he's five basically. Uh, but he already, uh, his teacher is saying that he reads like one year uh, older in, in a class. So I guess he's great. And the thing is, again, being bilingual family, we uh, encourage our kids to read both in English and Russian, which seems like a difficult idea, but it's not basically, uh, you just know letters. And as long as you know how to connect them, uh, you're fine. You can just read it in any language. And it worked quite well for us. So. It just got combined all the different kind of reading techniques. Uh, so yeah, and they just read quite well and ju they just love it. And again, the first child loved reading. And as I mentioned, my younger one, he just tries to do everything that the older one does. <laughs> He's really involved in reading too, because you know, the older one does the same thing. So yeah. Yeah, we went to, uh, I had my pre-K, the five-year-old, he's in pre-K and he had a, uh, parent-teacher conference and she was telling me she's like his reading is so great and she's like 
points at his older brother and she says, oh, I'm pretty sure it's because he's trying to keep up. And he even says in class, I want to be just like him or I want to, you know, beat him and this or that. So, right, that younger younger sibling, they're extra competitive and they want to keep up with big brother. Yeah, that's true. That's, you know, that's motivation. And, you know, it's not like, okay, here is chocolate if you read the book. It just builds in motivation for life. And it just works just quite well with younger ones. Let's take a quick break for our dad tip of the week brought to you by Kickstart Reading. Do you have kids between the ages of three and six? I've got two boys, and when my older son was going into kindergarten, my wife and I quickly learned that we had no idea how to teach him how to read. We found Kickstart Reading and watched one two-minute video together, and you could see his confidence take off. Bonus, I felt like dad of the year. Here's another dad talking about how Kickstart Reading is helping his boys learn how to read. Hey there, this is Chris Heller, and I'm a big fan of Kickstart Reading. Each morning before school, I show a video to my four-and-a-half-year-old son, and now his little two-year-old brother is getting in on the action as well. I'm a big fan of the videos. Highly consumable and engaging for young boys. Definite recommend for all parents out there who are looking to get their kids off to the right start with reading. Kickstart Reading. Go to kickstartreading.com and use the code DAD to get 65% off right now. That's D-A-D, DAD. See? It works. Kickstartreading.com. Now back to the show. So, Sergey, on the Dad the Best I Can show, we like to do one dad tip of the week. Do you have a quick tip for other dads out there? Oh, the best uh, best advice I can give is basically make sure you film videos of your kids because you know everyone, uh, everyone is just filming uh just takes photos and photos are great but videos actually do put you take you back in time and you can see all these small bits and pieces and i'm lucky to be this uh, uh instagrammer who films everything to post online and i have this online diary and I just look at those videos and i'm just kind of amazed with everything that i kind of don't remember anymore because you know the kids they uh, grow slowly but and you don't notice the change but when you go back to the videos uh you'll see that and it's just amazing so yeah the tip is film everything (laughs) i love that you know it's funny do you even like you go back a couple of years because you know now you can even sort by date and you even see like oh my older son he looks just like my younger son at this age and you see the way they're even talking and you can watch their growth right you know, years ago, you needed the giant video camera. And now it's like, you can pull out a camera, get get them doing something. It's That's a great, great tip. And not, like you said, the videos are always more fun than the pictures because you can hear them and, and watching them them laugh and play. It's great. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I just the other day, I just went through some of the old videos. Uh, I it, it was just an amazing journey for me. Yes, Sergey, on the Dad the Best I Can show, we like to do some fun rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. All right. What is your favorite meal to eat for dinner? Um, potato and meat. What is your favorite sport to watch or play? Um, I like swimming. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, it's a difficult one. Uh, I have watched recently uh, Mortal Machines. It was fun. What's your favorite vacation that you ever took? Oh, actually, last weekend we went to, we climbed the highest mountain in uh, Britain, which is Ben Nevis. And that was a great trip, a great trip. And it was quite difficult to climb up. And it was quite easy to go down, but it was an amazing uh, event. 
you took the kids up there or you got no, you and your wife or what? No, it, it was just me and a few other dads. It was just that to get away, uh, just uh, weekends away, two days away from families. Because, you know, our, us parents, we have to have this me time because if we have this me time, we are relaxed, we are more happy. And we are giving opportunity to our family to see the best of us ourselves. And we can't allow them to see the worst of ourselves. So if we care about ourselves, that benefits everyone around us. That's such great advice. I think about that all the time. It's like, it feels a little selfish, but you know, you come back refreshed and yeah, I even tell my wife, you know, take time for you because you'll be uh, more present and, and engaged with everybody when you get back. So good for you for uh, taking a, a weekend with the guys. I've got one planned soon and I can't wait. All right, Sergey, that was really fun. Uh, can you tell us where people can find more about what you're doing at the Dad Lab? Oh, uh, yeah. So if you just Google the Dad Lab or search on Instagram, on Facebook or YouTube, you'll find me. Because uh, again, the reason why I'm called the Dad Lab, something unique. It's, uh, it's one word. And it's easy to find me basically everywhere. But yeah, uh, I'm just releasing my uh, American edition of my book in May. And so, yeah, just check out the online bookstores for the Dead Love book and get it. And I'm sure if you get the book, you, you are guaranteed to have the best memory uh, for your, how you spend uh, time uh, in your family with kids, you know, playing and discovering new things and learning at the same time. Yeah, we got the book. We were lucky to get a uh, pre-order and the book is awesome. I uh, urge anybody to get it for Father's Day or just get it for any day because they're, it's really simple. There are pictures that they'll show you what to do and you, almost, you have almost all the ingredients that you need in your house. And like you said, the best part is you, you just feel better about yourself as a dad, even if it's you know, 10 minutes out of your day. And you know what, even if you're picking up broken eggs off the floor, like you're like, we just did something fun. We just uh, learned something. So uh, I, I highly recommend the book and the videos are awesome. And Sergey, I really appreciate you uh, being on the Dad the Best I Can show. Yeah, again, thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening to the Dad the Best I Can show. Go take five seconds, hop on over to dadthebestican.com and sign up with your email to get weekly updates, dad tips in your mailbox, get your questions answered on the show. That's dadthebestican.com. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Actually, five stars. We could do better than that. Brooks? Infinity stars, Cameron, how many stars? Infinity thousand. Infinity thousand. You got to one-up them in this household. Thanks. See ya.